0: Welcome into On the Preds with me, your host Alex Doherty of A to Z Sports and Sean Smith of On the Forecheck. Welcome in. This is the show where we recap the Preds. We got a lot to talk about this week. It's episode thirteen, January sixteenth. We are in Jan. We're done with deck. We're in Jan now. Well into Jan. You know what I mean? Jan, January.
1: Yeah, like we're not quite into Feb yet, but we're not we're still in Feb. Deep we are. In the middle we are a January. long
0: way from Mar and Apr. We're not quite in Mar and Apr. Don't uh, even
1: talk to me about May.
0: Yeah, and that one doesn't work because it's just May. No, it's yeah. not fun at all. Uh, <laughs> so we've got to talk about the Preds.
1: Sean, how's it going? Uh, going pretty well. Sitting sitting here looking out at a lot less snow than I thought we were going to have. So
0: yeah, I got a lot of slush in my yard. Uh, that stinks.
1: Yeah, I think Whatever. I think here we got we got some snow, and I think I think it warmed up <laughs> a little bit. It's been getting rained on, so slush is a very good I do way like, to, to find
0: that. I do like being able to leave my neighborhood. That is kinda nice. Speaking yeah, of I, it, go ahead i
1: have I s <laughs> I've I've got tickets tonight for a, a comedy show that I've had since since April. So uh, <laughs> well, now it's all here. the way in all the way in Jan, so I mean how <laughs> long have I had those?
0: <laughs> Who are you Nine seeing? Months.
1: Who are you Tom seeing Segura? Oh Tom man, Sibura. that's awesome. Yeah. Where at? So it's at the Ryman. I think he's I think he's doing like eight shows, but I was like, the one I have tickets to is probably
0: the one where the roads are going to be impassable, but it looks like That's going to be awesome. Man, I'm, I'm pretty jealous. excited. I'm pretty I'm excited. excited. I saw, I've seen several comedians um, in town. I, I saw I, at the Ryman, I saw Brian Regan at the Ryman. Oh, he's um, he's hilarious. And then I think, who else did I see? Someone kind of that kind of came and went. I can't remember who it was. It wasn't Aziz Ansari, but it was someone like that, someone in that in that era. Anyways, doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, I saw Louis C.K. At, at Bridgestone Arena. That was amazing. Um, pre pre incident, Louis C.K. By the way.
1: Anyways, doesn't he's, matter. He's he's put something out now. Uh, he's done a special. I think he's done a yeah. special that he's putting out himself, and um, I think he's apologizing for everything in it. I think it's actually called yeah. "I'm Sorry." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it, but.
0: Well, speaking of I'm sorry, I'm sorry it's taking us this long to start talking about the Predators. (laughs) Here we go. Um, Let's talk last Tuesday. Let's go all the way back to last Tuesday. The Predators took on the Colorado Avalanche. The top teams in the Central meet up again. First up, though, Tanner Janot got a shot off from the slot, off the post and in. Then with a minute left in the period, Luke Cunnan uh, with a change-up goal, a little, little change-up. Roman Yossi made an excellent play on that on that play, but uh, Luke Cunningham got the goal. Darcy Kemper misses it. Preds up 2-0 at the break. Everything is going great. But then Colorado comes right back because they're a good team. They're a very good team. Someone named Nicholas Abe Kubel. I don't know who that is, but he scored. And then Andre Burakovsky ties it on the play where, where Mark Borowiecki was injured. Uh, some controversy there. It kind of got clarified later. Uh, not, not actually that controversial. Um, Luke Cunning made another great play, uh, and I've got a video of that. I want to show this because this is pretty amazing. Um, this is just a great play by Cunning and Cousins that uh, I think shows a lot about what the, that kind of pair brings. Just wa- Let's watch this play real quick. With whoever they're out there with. Gerard looks over his shoulder. He's got a full checker coming in. It's Luke Cunning. Cunning pries the puck loose. Hopper has it. Stolen back Cousins. Put right it front. They score!
1: That's two. Willie, it's all about the forecheck. It's all about their identity. Get in. Separate man from puck. That's Cunning. That gets in. And you see Yossi feeds it to Nick Cousins, who sees Luke Cunning going back post, and he gets it up, elevates over.
0: So that was really nice. And as as you heard c talk about, it really was all about the forecheck. Luke, Luke Cunning flies into that, into those boards, separates man from puck as, as may said. And, uh, and Nick cousins makes a great play to find him. And then Cunning just puts it on that. So, uh, really excellent play. You like when you see those, that kind of play because that kind of play right there can beat any skill. I mean, that, that's just, that's just, when you, when you physically own another player, like it doesn't matter who it is. You can just, you can win the puck off of them. So that was really great to see. Um, then in the third period, we, speaking of skill, we saw three incredibly highly skilled plays by three great players. First was Nathan McKinnon firing home a power play goal. He's really good, and he just, he's going to score a lot of goals. Then Matt Duchesne makes it 4-3, to three and I thought this was a great play too. He kind of tapped the puck to his stick from his skate while in the slot, while covered with guys. I mean, really, really good stuff from Matt Duchesne. And then Cale McCarr, who is – Definitely in the running for Norris Trophy, in my opinion. I think it's probably going to be, to be between um, uh, Roman Yossi, Kale McCarr, and probably Victor Hedman again. Um, that's if the voting was right now. Anyways, um, so, so Kale McCarr, just a perfect wrist shot to tie it up. But then Matt Duchesne would end it in overtime, taking a rebound and firing home this goal right here. By Roman Yossi. And look at Matt Duchesne coming in from the blue line, top of the circles, and just rips it
1: right over the glove hand of Darcy Kemper
0: for the game winner in overtime. Right there. Look at that. And look at the bench. <clears throat> yeah, had to make sure and get the bench reaction in there. That was great. Uh, Matt Duchesne just Johnny on the spot, getting a rebound goal and firing it by uh, Kemper. Four to three. I'm sorry. Five to four was the overtime win for the Predators. Huge atmosphere. We'll talk about that later. Um, really, really fun game to watch. I mean, you and I were both there. That was that was probably the yeah. best game of the year so far, right? I
1: would say so. I, I, you know, obviously, I'm there to cover the team, but I wouldn't have gotten into doing what I'm doing if I wasn't a fan. So, you know, even though we had to be silent, it was certainly an enjoyable game.
0: Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. So, however. Two days later, against the Buffalo Sabres, what happened then, Sean? So, you know, I, I don't know. Thursday
1: night game against the, the Buffalo Sabres, I would say it was a real snooze fest, if I was going to describe it aptly. Um, I know some people were getting really sleepy just watching it. And uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm being generous here to say that it was a snooze fest because it, it was rough. All You take all the energy from the game Tuesday night, and it's just gone. Um, coming out against a team that has only had 10 wins coming into the night. And uh, it was just, you know, the only thing I think that kept people awake was probably the overwhelming rage they felt at some of the missteps and uninspired play. And so, you know, the night starts with Matt Benning scoring a goal, which I would normally be very excited about because I'm a big Matt Benning fan. But unfortunately, it was an own goal, and it didn't count for the Predators, but counted for the Sabres, giving them a one to nothing lead early on an unearned goal. And that's, that's just, that makes me sad. Um, things kind of went downhill from there. And I, I know It's bad to say things went downhill from a game opening own goal, but uh, yeah. Colton Sisson scored, good. but the play was like, I don't know, a mile and a half offside. So it came back. Um, Matt Duchesne eventually scored a goal on the power play. And that was about the end of anything like being like positive on the night. Uh, Jeff Skinner basically, activated after spending a bunch of time in the penalty box on a few random penalties, uh, broke the tie. Um, and then in the third Skinner scored again and eventually, um, the Sabres got their fourth goal on an empty net, giving them a a four to one victory, um, which was not good. Um, and then of course, you know, what's, what's interesting, we're going to turn around and talk about the Boston game,
0: right? Yeah. To me, yeah. yeah. So the, I was just going to say this about the the Thursday game. Um, I think it's it, the, what's crazy for most people is the, the contrast between Tuesday and Thursday, and like, yeah, the the difference in play on the ice by both teams. I mean, like Buffalo, Jeff Skinner's was was good, but like, I mean, Buffalo's not really a, a, a an, an impressive squad, and they came in and beat the Predators, you know, in a lot of in a lot of different ways. I, I don't, think, I don't think you take away too much from that game, but it's, it is disappointing when you see the predators who have had won so many games straight and had climbed their way to the top of the central and we taking on a inferior opponent to play like that. So it's, it yeah, was, Saturday, it was, did you want to go into Saturday's game?
1: Yeah. I would say it was an uninspiring game, you know, and then you, you have that kind of concern coming into Saturday. So yeah. Saturday matinee hockey in Boston, um, Ended up being much more exciting, yeah. and the first period started off with a, with a very exciting Craig Smith goal. And of course, again, like I said before, normally I'd be excited about a Craig Smith goal, but unfortunately, he doesn't play for the Predators anymore. Yeah, so that put Boston up uh, one to nothing, and um, it got followed up pretty quickly um, with a with a nice goal by Mike Riley, who also plays for Boston, and uh, that was two zero, and that was quick. and And at first, I, I thought coming off of this previous game against Buffalo, I just, I went, Oh boy, this is going to be a long afternoon. And then we saw a very, very fired up uncharacteristically, I would say fired up, uh, John Hines on the bench talking Mm. to his team, Um, very animated. And so, you know, team response is, is basically what happens. Um, From that moment on the predators played like they had a fire lit under their rear ends and uh, Colton Sisson's, I guess making up for the uh, disallowed goal the other night scores uh, a nice goal um, close to the end of the first period, just to kind of say, Hey, we're not dead yet. Period ends two to one Um, teams come out in the second, ready for battle. Luke Cunningham, who's heated up recently. And I'm I'm not going to complain about that scored to even things up. And then there was a fun sequence. And this is, this was kind of the story of the night or the afternoon for me was that Brad Marchand and Roman Yossi were always around each other Constantly into one another. I mean, and I I don't want to say they were getting chippy. It was just Marchand was being Marchand and Yossi was being a really good defenseman. Um, But eventually they ended up in the corner together. Um, Yossi had turned around to try to dig the puck out. When he brought his stick back, his elbow found Marchand's nose, which bled a lot. Um, And uh, it it looked like it hurt pretty bad. But what was interesting, there was no call at all. There was a referee literally watching it happen with a direct line of sight. Hmm. Didn't didn't even flinch. So I, I guess whatever it was, just, I guess it was incidental and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't meriting a, a call. So, um, but of course, you know, what ends up happening uh, <laughs> after that is go, well, Brad Marchand scores a uh, power play goal to take yeah. the lead. And of course... Battling back is Roman Yosi, who scores to even things up. And the teams go into overtime, and guess what happens in overtime? One of the things that we'll probably talk about later, and, and I, I don't know, this was kind of a problem all night, was cross-ice passes from the Predators kept getting intercepted, and that's what happened as the Predators were going in to try to score a goal and get set up. You had an errant pass, get intercepted, taken down the ice, and Taylor Hall scores the overtime game winner for the Bruins with a final score of four. Oh, no, of three to two.
0: Yeah. And that Taylor Hall goal was so what I, it was a really nice play by Taylor Hall. What, what I saw, and so I, I, I did not watch this game. I was, um, doing something else family related, but I, when I watched the recap, um, it reminded me of the of the Tuesday game against Colorado in that both teams had a lot of skill and were using that skill in a lot of ways. And it was a fun game, back and forth, great plays. I mean, like, I, I saw some stuff that looked not great for the Predators, but at the same time, I saw some pretty amazing plays as well. So mm-hmm. um, you, you feel like maybe they put the Thursday game behind them. Maybe that, and, and I didn't see this, John Hines being animated on the bench. Maybe that was really what, what did it and that's that's great to see because that probably means he he has a really good um you know connection with that locker room and that bench so but um i saw some pretty amazing individual plays i thought the the brad Marshan goal looked pretty good the 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 Yossi goal i mean like th- there was a lot of great individual skill not not like a matt Benning own goal and then some some muck play for forty minutes yeah that's that's a fair assessment. I yeah. think
1: if, if you're watching that game as a fan, and I mean, you, if you're watching that game as a Predators fan, if you're watching that game as a, as a Bruins fan, or if you're watching that game as a fan of hockey, you saw a hell of a game. Um, granted, if you're a Preds fan, your team didn't win, but you have to feel good about the game, especially that that was the game right after what happened on Thursday against Buffalo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so they, they in the game, they in the week, the Predators in the week getting three of six points. Um, I think, you know, the previous week they had gotten all six, right? They went six, six for six, or is that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. On the trip, on uh, the road trip. Yeah. On the road trip. Right. And then, uh, you know, we'd expected them to get something like four of six this week. They got three of six. Um, you know, I think it. I think it'll be interesting to see how they come out on Monday against St. Louis. We'll talk about that later too. But uh, I, I do feel better about the way the where the team is right now, based on Saturday, even though they lost, just because of how they played. I mean, it really did look different, um, just from the highlights that I saw, than it did on, on on Thursday, and from what you've said about it as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> Let, yeah, let's talk about the John Hines thing that you wanted to,
1: to mention. Okay. Yeah, I, I do. I want to talk about this because I, you know, you and I have both been covering the team, you know, in depth on a nearly daily basis since you know since before John Hines took over, but for the entire tenure of John Hines with this uh, with this team, and I think I think we can kind of speak on this just from being aware of anything he says publicly. We've probably heard. We've, we've heard it in context, we, we know, and we, we've seen him say it either in person or on a live Zoom. So we're getting, we're getting everything that goes along with the words, you know, we're getting the emotion, you're getting the, the, the body language, the gestures, all that stuff, right? Yeah. So we, I think we talked last week about how one of the things um, that Hines had kind of erased from, from what he was saying a lot was talking about you don't get too high and you don't get too low. You take the lessons and move on. And you hadn't heard him say that a lot. And I, I think honestly, what, what you saw happen um, after the incredible string of play, the Predators put together from before the uh, the break happened to after the break happened, where they went, I mean, you know, you take away that tie and the loss in the middle of that um seven game after that seven game win streak and then you tack on a bunch of wins after that there wasn't a lot of losing and so after after the loss to Buffalo Hines was very straight up you know they were the better team they outplayed us they deserved the win we were not a good team tonight very Mm -hmm. blunt very straightforward about it which which I think was fine I don't know that I would want my coach to lie to me about how that game went because I don't think anyone watching was like oh they're trying really hard. They should be winning yeah. this game because that, that wasn't happening. Um, yeah. But he said, what he said was um, there, the game was a challenge. Like he said, coming in, we knew we had a challenge and that there was a lesson. And And I think it's interesting that you're starting to hear this talk of lessons because what it sounds like to me, based on the, the verbiage he'd been previously using, it sounds like the team had gotten a little too high on itself. Um, hmm. You always want to say, I want to see a team that, that plays hard. They want to be a team that's hard to play against, play at full 60, whatever you want to say. You want to see that team take a team like the Buffalo Sabres or the Arizona Coyotes or the Montreal Canadiens and, and just you know drag them around the ice and just beat them savagely. And that's what you yeah. would expect from a team at the top of a division. You'd expect that from a team that you know if you're, if you're going to win the Stanley Cup, that's what you want to see out of your team but we've seen some of those missteps this season. You put together a long string of wins with just a few, with a loss and with a, with a tie, um, you know, which were all good games. But you put that all together, the team gets a little high on itself, and then you come up against Buffalo. Ten wins, roster that you're not really, you know, like don't know who a lot of these guys are. They're not household names. What a lot of people wanted to call a trap game, Um, And and it really was, but the the trap wasn't so much. And I I think Buffalo played well, don't get me wrong, but I think the Predators just didn't take them seriously at all. And just they weren't where they needed to be mentally. And I think that's something Hines has talked about a lot. The challenge was, can we come up against a team that isn't very good and play them and dominate them? And the answer was no. You go back to what he said about don't get too high and don't get too low. The team had gotten too high. Then they lose to the Sabres because of it. Can they then face that challenge of not getting too low to come back and play Boston the way they needed to play against Boston. And the answer there, I believe, is yes. Hein said after the game against Boston, there's no such thing as a good loss. Yeah. But I'm not upset at how the team played today. And that yeah. that's the reality of that situation is, yeah, they lost. They, they didn't win two points. They did come away with one. But they played the game they needed to play as opposed to how they played on Thursday. And that's and maybe that's me overanalyzing things. But I mean we're gosh, we're over two years of covering John Hines now. I feel like we can kind of have an idea of of the things he's saying and doing and how those play out behind the scenes as well.
0: So, I, I don't think you're overanalyzing anything. I think it's it's easy to get um, to get myopic and look at you know just a few games stretch and think think a lot about what the, those few games mean. I think uh it would be it would be one thing if the team played similarly on saturday to uh to Thursday and maybe they did in the first period because that's that's what what required him to to make that uh make that statement but I, I also the, the other things to consider here and one thing we haven't mentioned yet uh that's probably important too uh, you know does the loss of Philip Forsberg have any kind of a factor here? I, I feel like the presence of Philip forsberg uh in the lineup for Thursday's game against Buff- Buffalo could have made a difference. Forsberg has a history of having those angry goals where he comes out and he's just <laughs> like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop this, and I'm going to go do something crazy. <laughs> I'm going and, to end
1: someone's career right now. Yeah,
0: maybe, maybe he has a play like that where he goes out and does something crazy and, and scores a cra- mm-hmm. crazy goal. Uh, maybe not, but I, you know, they've been without Forsberg for a few games now. And then on Saturday they, they, uh, Matias is in COVID protocol, right? So he's out, mm-hmm. uh, for at least the next few games. So they didn't have an Ekholm in that game against Boston. Maybe they get the slightly, maybe with him in the lineup, they have a little bit more punch, a little bit more sandpaper, and he's able to, to stop some of those plays from happening. Uh, not 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 excuses or anything, but uh you know they, they still don't have their full lineup i mean they they're still kind of waiting on that. Um, I think it's interesting if you look at the the losses that this team has had since Thanksgiving, I'm not going to remember all of them, but I remember- Col- uh, the Columbus game mm-hmm. the Washington game mm-hmm. Buffalo. I'll remember that overtime loss they just had against boston that that's four uh, if I'm, I'm remembering there may be another one in there somewhere. But all those games have had things in common. The first two, Washington and Columbus, they didn't have Roman Yosi, and the last two, uh, um, Buffalo and Boston, they didn't have Forsberg. Hmm. Uh, two of your be- two of your best players. Uh, so yeah. just something to consider. You know, it's not like it's everything, but um, th- those players make a huge impact in the lineup, especially Roman Yosi. I mean, you saw him on on Bo- against Boston, just play really well. So. Um, I don't know. Do you think, you think Forsberg could have made a difference in any one of those games?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you're in what you said about the Buffalo game is that, that does that situation kind of has that Philip Forsberg angry revenge goal written all over it. And, and I think, you know, with the, the caliber of players, it it sounds terrible because, you know, I don't, I don't do anything, you know, sports wise, professionally for sure. But, with the level of caliber of player that that was going to be on the ice at any given moment with a Buffalo game, Forsberg would have had an opportunity to absolutely undress some guys and just make some nasty stuff happen out there. And, you know, that, again, you get the own goal, um, you know, which is, you know, that it, it happens occasionally. Uh, But then you, you start to see Skinner rack up these goals and like that, that would, that would have Mm -hmm. activated and infuriated Forsberg right there. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know if it would have gotten to that point. I think he probably could have made something happen, maybe after the disallowed goal um, that would have maybe set the tone a little bit. But um, with the Boston game, too, I mean, that's a totally different team, a totally different situation. Um, yeah, Boston Boston's
0: very good. Let's give them credit. I mean, they, they have, they're, yeah. they're a very good team. They're a playoff team for sure.
1: Yeah, I think Forsberg, you know, he's going to have an impact anytime he's on the ice. Would he have been the deciding factor in that game? I don't know. But, you know, you, you had guys contributing at the uh, the depth level. You had Cunningham, um scoring. Nick Cousins was heavily involved in, in a lot of the plays. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing is you want to see guys like that step up when somebody like Forsberg's not around. So if Forsberg's around, some of those guys are in the same roles. Maybe that depth scoring doesn't happen as much in are having Forsberg score those goals. So it may have evened <laughs> out a little bit more for me um, in the game versus Boston. So it was just, a, it was a good game.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to talk about something else that I'm, uh, I, I want I want to cover basically, well, just ma- definitely this one more thing. And then I want to, I want to tease something. So, Um, We had mentioned this on Twitter uh, recently and um, I want to reiterate what we're going to try to do and then we'll talk about it again at the end. Um, So I had the idea to do a Twitter spaces during a game and it would be a road game and for it to be kind of a, a live Podcast, basically, like kind right. of what we're doing now, but but uh, but during a game just to see how it goes. Or I mean, I don't I've never done a Twitter spaces before. I've listened to a few of them, um, but it really does just sound like people talking. That's all it is. Um oh, yeah. <laughs> nothing too special, but I think it can be fun. And so I put a I put a thing out on Twitter, like would people be interested in this and want to listen to it? Got a lot of positive responses, was pretty surprised, and it sounds like there's potentially some people that would be interested in this so what we're going to do is on monday's game during monday's game against st louis road game in st louis uh sometime during probably the second period maybe the first period depending on my schedule i've got to do family stuff but i think during the second period we're going to run a twitter spaces with uh um, with me, you, and whoever else wants to join, so you jump in. Ooh. We give you the microphone to say what you want to say about what the game is, ha- what's happening in the game. So, uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, and then also, Sean, I believe you had something too, right?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Alex, and and for everybody else out there listening um, in podcast land. So, I, you know, you may or may not be aware, but I, I am one of the renegades of puck. It's the uh, logo you see here on my mug. Yeah. Renegades of Puck is, of course, mm-hmm. a, a show we do over on YouTube. Uh, me and Crazy Charlie, Brian Baston, who's also at, uh, on the forecheck with me, and Greg Mashopoulos, um, who does all the goalie analysis, um, along with a cast of other characters, video a hockey show that talks about the Preds. Um, are, we're having a pretty big deal the night before the Stadium Series game um, over at Tailgate Brewery in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be a pretty big party. And I'll say this, there's going to be a lot of special guests. Tailgate has essentially told us to fill the place up and drink them dry, which sounds like a challenge <laughs> to me. I don't know if any of the listeners out there or the viewers out there are up for that, but I know there's some people who, uh, who, who like to put a few away that, that like this team. And I think the Renegades are even going to have their own uh, their own special Special variety of beer for the night, um, but of course that's the Tailgate Brewery. It's the home base freakout. Alex, you specifically are invited. Everybody, anybody else out there listening? February twenty fifth, seven o'clock at the Tailgate Brewery in Nashville. Uh, it's going to be a pretty crazy party. Um, I know they did this before the Winter Classic down in Dallas, so this is going to be a big deal to do it here at home. So we need to have a good showing. So we need everybody, everybody that's out there listening, to show
0: up and uh, have a good time that is a pretty crazy week so that so um i first of all i accept your invitation i okay i i'm gonna do everything i can to be there um february 25th you said friday yeah so that's a pretty awesome week because that yeah. previous previous night is the the peccarine jersey retirement or number retirement rather and yes. then uh uh, and then that, and then Saturday is the Stadium Series game. Wow, that's a that's a big three days. It, it should be exciting. I mean,
1: you know, I I don't know when I quite realized that that was all kind of timed together to have the, the Jersey retirement going into the weekend of the Stadium Series game. Clearly, they would have wanted Pecorine there for that too, so it makes sense when I think about it in that context. But adding that, that party there on Friday night, you know, there's going to be – a ton of people here for this game. I mean, we've got people coming in from a bunch of different States. You've got bolts fans coming up from, from Florida and down from wherever else they live in the North, but they're all over the place too. Um, And of course, Nashville is, it's a, it's a good place to have a big event. And so people are already going to be in town. We want to give them something to do. And of course, you know, bolts fans can come too. It's not a, it's not a Preds only situation. So we just want to get as many people out there to have as big of a time as we can. And I think, I think when we all come together, I think good things can happen. You know, I think you know whether whether you whether you listen to uh, to on the preds or you, you like to read A to Z sports stuff or you watch the Renegades of Puck or or you you watch the uh, or you you, you read the on the forecheck stuff. You know, we're all we're all interested in the same thing. So let's all get together before this pretty awesome event that's going to happen and have a good time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I just. Real quick, I just wanted to say that the um, all the guys, Crazy Charlie, everyone that does that that show and that has done it for years, they they have been covering the Nashville Predators long before uh, most people, and that is yeah. of credit to them. They covered the Preds when no one else was, and that's um, very important uh, to to point out and uh, and huge credit to them. Really, uh, really support them and really like the stuff that they do. Um, the, you know, obviously, the market is a little more crowded now. There's a lot more people talking about the Predators uh, these days, um, but none have been doing it longer than them. So um, no, full credit to that. Just, just came out with episode 600 Yes, 600. And that's yeah. one, a,
1: one a week or how many is it a week? Uh, it's over the years. It's been a lot of different things. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I know that uh, when we were finishing up last season, um, we had gotten to where we were on every day. Um, yeah, it was being broadcast at five and five so I think that was the first. Good the gun. first, I believe it was the first hockey exclusive uh, drive time radio show in Nashville. So um,
0: yeah that, that sounds right. yeah I, I, I would I would believe that for sure. I mean they've been but
1: it's it's been
0: I think 11 years is how long the show's been going on. There you go. 11 years. I thought it was yeah. earlier than that, but okay, 11 years makes sense. Um, okay, so uh, let's move on and talk about uh, a couple other things. The the well, really just one main main other thing, and and it has to do with one thing that I'm a little bit concerned about with UC Saros. So right now, UC Saros leads the league in games started. He started he started 32 games. The team really shows no sign of changing that. Uh, he doesn't really doesn't sound like John Hines really wants to do anything other than start UC Soros. David Riddick has been okay in that. Not great. Connor Ingram's in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. He probably, I think he started something like 11 of the last 12 games, something like that. And I mean, the the team has four games this week, including a a back-to-back. I would not be surprised if he starts three of the four. He's not going to start all four, but I, I think he starts three of the four. So like, yeah. In other words, it's not stopping anytime soon. You're going to get a lot of UC Sorrows. Now, I know that he's young. He's 26. He'll be 27 by the end of this year. I'm not worried about him breaking down this year. He's young enough to to handle it. But I'm a little bit concerned about what this hap- What happens in the years to come? You know, he'll be he'll be almost 30 by the time this contract is up. He's going to need that next contract uh, when he's 30 years old. You saw this with Pecorine, that by the time he got to his early 30s, he started to see breakdowns when you started him 50, 60 times a year. And you needed to let him, especially when he had the hip problem, uh, yeah. when he came back from that. Now, he, he, he was still a quality goalie all the time. But you, you, you did see him break down in the playoffs a few times. When uh, I mean, 2016 comes to mind, 2015 definitely. Uh, when when uh, he had started too many games and was worn out by the time the playoffs began. So, is this stupid to worry about or no?
1: You know, I, I think you've got a situation that is it's not ideal. That's the way that's the way I would I would word it. It's not an ideal situation. Is it a terrible situation? No, but it's not ideal. I, I still go back to say. That I I feel like the plan originally was that when Rene retired, you would have Soros in the starter's crease and Ingram as a backup. Um, And because of the situation with Ingram needing to take some time for his mental health, which was the best possible thing he could have done, um, I think that kind of delayed everything by a year. With Ingram, They needed him in Milwaukee. They needed him to get back up to game speed to have a full season under his belt. And so they brought in Riddick as a stopgap measure. And I don't think there's anything wrong with Riddick. I just don't think that Riddick as a backup is as reliable, say, as Soros was as a backup. And I think they're just trying to ride the horse they've got um, and assume that, like you said, because he's younger, he's not going to break down this season in order to get to next season where Riddick's contract ends, they bring Ingram up. They feel more confident in their backup. And again, I'm not. I'm not saying I feel like it's like two or three weeks in a row. I've, I've made it sound like I have some problem with Riddick, but I don't. I just yeah. when you're when you're talking about the Predators' goalkeeping, you know, situation, they've been pretty spoiled um, in having a really strong backup behind a really strong starter. You look at some other team situations, and their their backups are basically a, a colander. Um, you know, with a guy in the net who's okay to start, and and did, you know this this luxury, you know, dare I say, luxury of Rene and Soros as a combination was was really. I mean, Preds fans are spoiled; they really are. That. And they so really are. You're mm-hmm. looking at Riddick as a backup, who's a completely serviceable backup, and then a lot of teams would you know probably be a fine. starter, Um, but you've got him as a backup in this situation behind someone who's playing Vesna caliber hockey. And so that that gap between the two is much bigger than it normally would be. And so, uh, you know, is it a concern? Is it something to be concerned about? It is if this is your long-term plan is to ride Soros for 65 games a season or more. Um, but I, I don't think that's the plan. I think, again, I think you're looking at a year that they've had to adjust because their plans, you know, didn't line up exactly the way they needed to. It's thrown things off by a year. So I think Saros is playing. He's, he's a hot goalie right now. You know, he's he's on fire. He's going to keep playing as much as possible. And, and And hopefully, you know, for one year, that's an OK thing.
0: Um, sorry, I, I'm distracted by it. several things that are happening. I, I really was listening to. <laughs> I, I I think, especially what you said about the Preds fans being um, spoiled, it's pretty yeah. amazing. Um, I think yeah. that every. I think every single other team in the league has something legitimate to cl- complain about about their goalie situation over the last like decade, and the Predators mm-hmm. really don't. Like, I, I mean, I, I with the possible exception of like. There was a number of years where, where Carey price was like the God in Montreal. Like he was just, he was so good, but the team really wasn't very good. And like, they, it, you know, they, I think they didn't even make the playoffs. And then yeah. now with Tampa and Vasilevsky, it's like, those guys are really good. But I, I mean, pr- the, v- prior to Vasilevsky, Tampa didn't have anything like that. They, they, no. they had ben Bishop who was breaking down all the time. Um, I I think most teams really don't okay so maybe Pittsburgh but then like they didn't win because of their goaltending. Everyone thinks that they did, but Marc-André Fleury was not the reason they were winning. They were winning because they had a Hall of Fame they had two Hall of Fame players winning every game for them. Yeah. Um and Marc-André Fleury was good, but he was not his numbers go check. They're not as impressive as you might think. Um uh anyways not hating on Mark Andre Fleury. He's gonna win he's gonna go to the Hall of Fame because he's won like a thousand Stanley Cups. But
1: now, hey, hold on. When you say when you say two Hall of Fame caliber players winning every game, you're you're talking about Phil Kessel, right?
0: Phil Kessel and um I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Yeah, obviously I'm talking about Crosby and Malkin, but um probably, probably Phil Kessel deserves some some credit there. Yeah, he didn't hurt anything, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um so anyways, all right. So I, I just – I'm not totally worried about it, especially because, you know, the Predators have a young goalie and, and Askarov coming up, um, who uh, I, I think all signs point to him being an, an, an excellent goaltender in the NHL. And perhaps in five years or four years, I guess, is when – yeah, th- four years – I guess it's three years after this year when Soros' contract is up, maybe maybe Askarov is the guy and then they Soros walks. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Soros is the guy that they have for the next decade and Askarov becomes a trade piece. I mean, I don't know. Who, who knows how it's all going to work out? But either way, they're in a great position. And Soros is the guy that you – and this is leads to why I was worried about it is if you have three or four seasons where he starts 60 games every year, by the time he's 30 years old, he's got more wear than any goalie in the league. I mean, he's going to be a well-worn goaltender by that point. So then, where are you at that point? So that's all I'm saying. I, I don't know. I, you know, really, here's the thing. Like, let's, let's be really
1: realistic about it, right? And I, I know I, – are you a car guy, Alex?
0: Are you, are you big into cars? I actually know nothing about cars. It's like okay. Okay, I, I, I am so not a car guy at all. Okay, I, I, look, I, I know a little bit about cars on,
1: on the strength of my father being a, a, a drag racer and a mechanic. So here's, here's what I'm going to say. Look, I drive, a, I drive a truck right now. You know what I mean? It gets me to work every day.
0: I do um, know what a truck is. I do know <laughs> what a truck is. There's one point for Alex. All right. So
1: look, <laughs> I, I drive a truck. It's it's us uh, see what year is it? It's 2007. I mean it's it's a 15-year-old truck. It's dependable, it's reliable. It gets me where I need to go. I can haul stuff in it. I can toast up with it. we drove it all the way up to Montana pulling a, a, tr- a camper this summer. Like, it was it was good stuff. It's a great truck. But let's say let's say let's say that tomorrow uh, an opportunity falls in my lap where I have a chance to get like just a just a really really nice just, you know, maybe a maybe a Camaro, some kind of muscle car, right? And and it, it looks nice, it's new, it's clean. Um, am I just gonna drive it back and forth to work every day on the interstate, go in the speed limit? Or do I want to take it out and let those ponies gallop, Alex? Got oh. all that horsepower under the hood. Why not just go pick up some groceries in it, right? No, you want to get out there and you wanna you wanna turn some hot laps. Let Soros have a year of hot laps and then then he can get into your daily driver
0: situation. Okay. I think <laughs> So Soros not, is the muscle car. Hey. Who is the truck? What do you mean? I think you were saying, okay, all right, so never mind. I, I, I get it now. <laughs> Soros is the muscle car. You want to yeah. have him drive around and, and, and use him for his let's, intended purposes. Let's go fast. Okay, got it. I, I no, like to the, go fast. Let's the analogy makes while. sense. I'm just saying, I I, the car thing is like I I was trying to think in my mind who is the truck situation, but I think you were just saying that you own a truck, so never mind. Yeah, yeah, you know, no. I think if I if
1: if I have a muscle car, I'm not just going to drive it back and forth to work every day. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it out. I'm gonna wait till I know there's a good uh, empty stretch of highway where there's no no police presence, and I'm gonna I'm gonna you know put the pedal to the floor and see how fast it can go. I um, you know it. you've you've got a goalie that's it's I mean, clearly in, in prime physical condition, prime goalie condition. I mean, he's at the top of his game right now. His name's up there amongst the top goaltenders in the league. Um, let him, you know, let let the ponies gallop under that. hood. Let's see what he can do when he's when he's put to the test and let's see how he performs. If he performs well, he wins the Vesna. Hey, you've got you've got a proven trophy winner right there. And he's going to be the guy going, you know, down the road for several years. Um, and you don't, you don't have to play him. You don't have to play him 70 games a year. If you've got somebody that, you know, is going to be a solid, solid backup, but it does. I don't think it's going to hurt to play him a lot of games this season when he's
0: in, I mean, he's the right age to play a lot. You know what I, I mean? I just thought about, I just thought about what if he did win the Vezina this year? And I was like, what wonder the last time a goalie won the Vesna when he's before he was 27 years old. Vasilevsky. I I don't know why I was thinking otherwise. Vasilevsky. Yeah. <laughs> he was like 24. Yeah. Um pretty amazing. So and that that guy, that that guy's probably just a hall walking hall of famer right now. I mean he's going he's already won two cups and a Vesina and he's like 27 years old. That's pretty insane. Um, uh, performance vehicle. <clears throat> there you go. So anyways just wanted to mention that as well. Let's briefly talk about the week ahead uh, Monday, the Predators take on the St. Louis Blues, 7 p.m. start. Again, we are doing a special Twitter Spaces thing on the Preds, on the Twitter. That's what I'm calling it. Ooh. Name like may change. Who knows? On the Preds, on the Twitter. Twitter Spaces pop up during the game with me and Sean. Just log on to Twitter. Find me. You see our Twitter handles right there. Uh, find me and Sean. Join the space. Listen to us. Live react to the game. We may even grant you a speaker opportunities to say what you want to say. Uh, I'm imagining that we'll start in the second period. And then if this is something that people like and want to keep doing, we'll do it again. Uh, We'll find another spot to do it. But um, after that, there's three home games. Probably won't do it during those. They they have a back-to-back. So Tuesday, they come back home to play Vancouver. Thursday versus Winnipeg. And then Saturday versus Detroit. Big Saturday Detroit game. It's been so long since we've had one of those. Very excited. That used to be... That used to be the for, – for people that don't know, that used to be the big-ticket game, right? So, like, that was yeah, no. back in, like, early 2000s, 2002, 2003, 2004. That was Saturday night versus Detroit, old Central Division rivals. That was, like, the game to get to. That was awesome. There's, there's still
1: tons and tons and tons of Detroit fans here.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I think there'll be a lot of people that that come to that game that would normally wear a Preds jersey that'll probably be wearing a Detroit jersey. Yeah, I I think I think a lot of people get really upset about that kind of stuff. But I mean, goodness gracious, you know, if you've if you've if you've not grown up as a fan of one team only for your entire life, which I mean, that's a lot of people. Allegiances change. You move. Things happen. Um, You know, it's you get a chance to see the team that you grew up watching. Um, in your home arena, that's that's pretty exciting, you know. I, mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. Maybe some people get still worked up about it, but I think that's you know, I think it's really
0: cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, it's gonna be fun. I think I'll, I'll definitely uh, try to make that one. Um, but yeah, that pretty much covers that. This covers us this week. Uh, Predators still up there in the Central Division. I think they're now in second place with Colorado, but um, you know, and Colorado has games in hand, so they're they're probably. The favorite to win the central uh, to to win the central right now. I, I don't think uh, anything's going to change there. Uh, but the Predators are still right there and, and can compete with anybody. We've seen that, and included beating the Colorado Avalanche last week. So, um, huge games this week. The the St. Louis road game. That's going to be the one that I, I think is going to be the test the test of the week. Uh, going into St. Louis and playing the Blues after having lost a couple games, you need to see a good response. Vancouver's not very good, but still got some talent. Winnipeg, always a tough game. And then Detroit, you know, we saw this team lose to Detroit a couple times last year. So, it, always a tough team to play. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that, that wraps it up. Uh, you can check out all of our hockey coverage at a-to-z-sports at Asheville.com. Please also go to onthe4check.com as well. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at AlexDarty1. That's where you'll see the Twitter spaces. Uh, Sean, as well, S-C-S-O-P-F.